hey, it's us. I'm Nicole. I'm the mom. And I'm Mira. And I'm the daughter. And today we are talking about unions and it's a fluke. It's Labor Day. Yay. Happy Labor Day, Mira. Happy Labor Day. Uh, Don't wear white after Labor Day. We all know the rules. (laughs) (laughs) You heard that, Biffy and Todd. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it just happened. We were going to do this a few weeks ago, but then... I died. (laughs) Mira's had an ongoing fever that doesn't seem to be kicking it. Well, I guess it's gone now because you're Also, my friend came to visit, so... Also that. Also that. So, (laughs) then it just worked out that unions on Labor Day. Yay! So, anyways, I thought I would... um, There's a couple of really good um, historical stories that are kind of Mm union-based. So, the first one is um, in 1888... Um, there was the East Should London... we maybe go over, like, what a union is oh, before okay, we do sure. all of this? Because, okay, like, sure. I feel like maybe if you don't belong to one, your parents don't belong to one, uh, maybe you don't live in a country where that's super common, maybe that might not be common knowledge. Let's start with the fun stories, but fine, okay. Okay, maybe we should go over, like, a definition first, just one. Okay. <laughs> so a union is just, it is a group of workers at a, at a workplace, or even in the same sort of type of work, that kind of uh, organize together, they band together, and it gives them like a voice in their workplace so if it's rather than like one person you know trying to talk to a a manager or whatever about an issue it's the whole group of people talking about this issue together um so it just gives it's the power in numbers kind of thing and so you might this might be things like about your working conditions or your wages or your benefits or your safety or your training things Mm -hmm. along those lines so the idea of it is it kind of like levels the playing field um against the people that are writing your paycheck mm-hmm. and that you have have a voice yeah about it the way that i've heard it explained is basically like the workers decided hey we don't want to work 16 hour days and in super dangerous conditions in the bottom of a mine in the middle of the earth anymore and uh we demand some safety regulations and also maybe some like food and safety and stuff and they were like no and they were like well okay then we don't want to work for you anymore and if you'd like to hire us again then here are the things that we need you need to agree with us for us to work for you and they were like ah oh, wieners okay i guess <laughs> and now we have unions and also now you don't have to work at the bottom of a mine in super dangerous conditions and wait for a canary to die to <laughs> foretell your death <laughs> <laughs> that is correct um so um let's see and and i'll just say too like sort of the the kind of nuts and bolts of it is if you work in a unionized workplace you become a member of that union the day you start working there you don't really have a choice if it's a unionized you're in the union there are like little loopholes um people can uh, there are some people who do not want to be part of a union and they have um religious grounds for that and that sort of thing yeah i was gonna say there are some religious groups that are like they you don't can't join yeah. a union it's part and, of our thing <laughs> which is fine you're still at that workplace and everything and you still pay your union dues but instead of that money going to the union it gets donated to a charity of your choice is generally kind of the workaround of it okay um so you're in the union the, the day you start i have such a hard time saying the word union union okay well you work for one so i know great <laughs> and i also work for a credit union so yeah, i was gonna say so it's <laughs> like literally on your stationery union i like hard word for me anyways um so you pay dues that comes off your paycheck automatically and it's a small percent it's usually like a couple of percentage points of your paycheck that money goes to um your collective union as a whole like whatever your union is called um it goes to that union office and what that money is for is things like 
uh, if there's a workplace that is on strike, that helps with strike pay, or it helps with things like um, training, or if there's um, issues and stuff like that. So it's just like it's it's this little piece that comes off your paycheck, the money gets pooled, and then it gets um, used to, to run the union, basically, to run the union office. I shouldn't say run the union because if you're in a union, you are the union. But there is, for, for the most part, like an off-site sort of union office that is um, of the union that you belong to. So that's where that money goes. Um, at your work site, you will have, and I am one of these, uh, job stewards who are, they're basically kind of like employee support workers. So um, if you are working at a workplace and you're operating under a, it's called a collective agreement. So that is the contract that is signed by both the workers and the employer saying, hey, here's the stuff we agree on. And um, so there's things in that, like your benefits, your wages, your vacation, your sick days, your, you know, all that kind of thing. And if there's an employee that's thinking like, hey, I don't feel like this is being applied properly or done properly, mm -hmm. or they are getting called in because they might be getting in trouble for something and they're going to get reprimanded or whatever, um, the job steward is the person that they can go to. And there's usually a few at a, at a workplace, but um, they'll, they can come and sit in with you as a... Um, you know, if you're going to be disciplined for something. And they're just kind of like a fly on the wall. They can take notes. Um, they can uh, see what, what the situation is. And then they can um, kind of help you of, hey, here's, here's some things you can do. Or, you know what, the employer's not really allowed to do that kind of thing. Or that kind of stuff. Or you might go to see your job steward and say, uh, they're not letting me go to my doctor's appointment at four o'clock this afternoon because they say there's not enough people. Can they do that? And then I'm the one that says, no, they can't. And I'll go tell them that they can't do that. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> so that's kind of what a job steward does. They're sort of the, the liaison at the workplace that, that a worker can go to. And, um, and I'm also on the bargaining committee at my workplace. So what that means is that when um, there's a contract at a unionized workplace, and the contracts usually are between one and five years. That's kind of the the uh, the usual. The sweet and, spot. Yeah, and that's um, it's a thing where they say, okay, we've signed this contract for three years, so this is going to be the wages and the wage increases for these next three years, and here's what we agree to for these three years. And then at the end of three years, we all come back to the table, both sides, and we see if there's any changes we want to make. And I mean, the idea of the contract is that it is meant to benefit the workplace as a whole. So. Yes, it benefits the workers, but it should also benefit the, the employer, too, in making it a stable, well-functioning workplace. So it's it's everybody's contract. It's both sides. Um, and as a being on the bargaining committee, um, I get to go into the room and sit at the table on my side of the table. And so there's four of us on our side and four on the other side of the management, and we talk through the issues that we would like to have in the next contract and we are just in the midst of that right now at my workplace so it's yeah. very interesting it's really um it's interesting to watch what happens and see people's body language and mm. when their eyebrows shoot up into their hairline and i bet <laughs> try and yeah. keep a straight face and you know things like that so it's, it's a very interesting uh process um okay now can i get to my fun stories yes okay. tell the fun stories go okay. ahead <laughs> so 1888 East London, oh. the Match Girl strike. Okay. 
Let's put ourselves there. <laughs> okay, so this was uh, East London, um, poor area of town. Uh, the match girls were uh, girls and women who worked at a company called Bryant and Mays, and there was about 1,400 workers there. So pretty awful working conditions. They were paid like near poverty wages. Um, they got fined all the time for things like having dirty feet or talking or uh, things like this. So they didn't even get their full paycheck. Um, they would also get what was called Fossy Jaw from working with the uh, phosphorus of the matches. And because they didn't have a separate place to eat, they would just eat their lunch at their workstation. So they're slapping their piece of bread down where they've been working and then they're eating it. And the Fossy Jaw is, was basically a condition where it would start to dissolve the bones in your jaw and pieces Cute. of bone would work out through your skin. It sounds horrifying. And then the kind employer would fire them for having Fossy Jaw. <laughs> Sorry we maimed you goodbye. Yeah. So really a fairly awful um, place to work. And they were kind of acting like a, a cartel. They'd really driven down wages so that they were even lower than they'd been 10 years previously at that point. And it was like, well, take it or leave it sort of, mm. sort of attitude. And the women that worked there were, they were already looked down on for having to work outside the home at that uh, point in history. Yeah. And then they were living in poverty, even working outside the home. So it was a fairly vicious, vicious cycle. Um, oh, they also find them for the matches accidentally catching fire. So, <laughs> so hi, you work in a highly flammable environment. Yeah. You will be uh, in trouble for anything catching fire. <laughs> uh, so there was a, a socialite who wrote a newspaper article about the condition. She somehow caught wind of what was going mm -hmm. on there. And so she writes this newspaper article about the conditions there. And the owners of the company are horrified because they're high society, wealthy men, and now people know that they're kind of jerks mm. and Great. so they try to uh fix this that this this uh, information's out there now so how they do this is they call the women in like one at a time and try and get them to sign a statement saying that they're happy and well treated there and not a single one of them will sign this paper which is really awesome no one caves to the pressure and so that doesn't work. So then their next tactic is they, they call in this uh, woman who works there, and she's just really popular. Everybody likes her. She's mm -hmm. just everybody likes her. And they fire her. And so it's kind of the thing of, look what we can do. We fired the most popular employee here, so you bet, guys better watch out and sign this paper. But instead what happened was every single one of the 1,400 employees put down their tools and walked out. And I just love it because every one of them, not a single one didn't didn't do it. They yeah. just were completely en masse. So they marched down the street together en masse. And, of course, people are looking out their windows and everything and leaning out and like, what's going on? What's going on? They're like, we just walked out. Here's what just happened. And so people start throwing money out their windows uh, to them, and they're catching them in their skirts. And that was the first strike fund. Um, so they were on strike for, it wasn't a super long time. Uh, I think it was like a, a week maybe or something like that. But these are people who are near starvation with their paychecks. So they're, yeah. this is not a, this a is pushing it. And, but they really like supported each other. They stood together at all costs and, uh, you know, gave each other food and mm -hmm. housing and whatever, whatever they needed to do to, to just really stick together with this and their demands. <laughs> are just shockingly 
Basic. Basic. So they wanted this fired woman rehired. Mm-hmm. They wanted to stop being fined so that they could actually keep their whole paycheck. Makes sense. And okay. They wanted a dining room so their work didn't kill them. <laughs> I would like a lunch room, please. And so the management caved, mm. and they all went back to work because they just they stuck together as one. And then a year later, in 1889, there was uh, a dock worker strike, which is quite a famous strike too. And the dock workers were actually a lot of them were like the husbands, the brothers um, mm-hmm. of the match women and they asked them for advice on how to do this and stuff like that because they've been so successful and uh, so that was kind of um, those were two very famous early uh, incidents of like laborers just really banding together mm-hmm. and and doing this even though they weren't unions at the time but they acted as one um, another sort of uh, big story in the history of this sort of thing is the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. So this was 1911 in New York City. Um, so this factory made shirtwaists, which were a type of dresses that were popular at the time. Uh, so seamstresses. It was a factory full of seamstresses. And it caught fire. Um, so there was all these like threads and cuttings, hundreds of pounds of it apparently, lying around that only got, like cleaned out once a month or whatever. And huge fire hazard, of course. It caught fire. They don't know how. Uh, possibly like a cigarette or something like that but um, so 146 people died of that there was 123 women and 23 men and what happened was um, they were locked in that was why so many of them died because to prevent them from taking unauthorized breaks they would get in there in the morning and the owners would lock them in safe not safe (laughs) so a lot of them jumped or fell to their death to out the of the windows and it was just it was by all accounts just horrifying to mm-hmm. watch people out on the street watching these people like burning and jumping and splatting on the pavement and it was just really awful and so what came out of that though was improved safety standards and uh it spurred the growth of it was called the international ladies garment workers union and uh so that was kind of a the inception of of that or made it catch on. So they fought for better working conditions for sweatshops, work uh, for sweatshop workers, and, uh, you know, just to be treated like human beings. Fair. Yeah. So, um, since it's Labor Day. <laughs> since. Uh, oh, I heard this thing on the news this morning. It, this was in the United States because it was American news I was listening to, but 20% of American workers are in unions, which... I was surprised that it was only 20%. It seems low. However, 71% of people agree with the idea of unions. They like the idea of unions. Um, Unionize against Amazon. Yeah. Starbucks. All those things. Hashtag Bezos has enough. Just yeah, saying. He really <laughs> does. And and then you think, too, like, the I think the common ones that are, like, kind of labor unions now are teachers, nurses. Those are kind of the biggies. Government employees are often... Um, generally unionized so those are sort of the big ones that you think of but um when you work in a a in a workplace there's a saying that workplaces get the union they deserve Mm -hmm. so you know that kind of speaks for itself (laughs) you if you're if you're a good workplace no one 
feels the need to unionize if you're yeah. giving all these people. And this is why why we started on this conversation yeah. um, anyways. <laughs> my friend, uh, her boyfriend's dad was just like offhandedly saying like, I don't understand unions. I, I don't get why they exist because he like owned a business and employed a bunch of people. And he was just like, they never made a union. I don't understand. And she was just like, yeah, because you were like a good employer. You were a good guy to work for. You would like give them time off when they needed it and you were agreeable and you know were Hand willing to help them and, and yeah. you know and so they didn't need to fight against you to get basic things mm-hmm. they you know they didn't need to like fight to get raises and fight to have you know good working by environments and they didn't you know need to fight with you to get those things because you just provided them and he was just like oh like it didn't it hadn't occurred to him that like other employers don't do that (laughs) might not be as great of a guy as he was kind of thing i I don't know it was just like when she explained it i was just like that's kind of funny because like you my parent belong to a union and like your husband also belongs to a union so like both of my parents are members of unions you and my stepdad and so it's just like i was raised in a household where like that was just a normal thing i went to a camp sponsored by your work where they were like we're gonna teach you about unions and co-ops prepare to learn everybody like they you know they explained how they worked and why they were beneficial and why it was good for the workers and for the employers and why it was a good thing and it was just like that was just part of the summer camp thing that you did there along with all the tie-dyeing and stuff so (laughs) right well and then when I was at work a couple weeks ago I was talking to two co-workers who were both in their 20s, you know, haven't worked there a super long time. And they were saying to me, well, when I started here, it just seemed like, wow, this is a really great place to work. You know, we get Mm -hmm. eye care paid for and and dental care and we get paid sick days and, you know, um, a good paid vacation and all this kind of thing. And which I agree, but it's not because a benevolent employer has beseeched them out upon of their, you. the goodness of their heart bestowed that it's because those things were were bargained for and fought for and and that sort of thing yeah um it's because the workers like bonded together and insisted on that no mm-hmm. we needed to be treated in a better fairer way we want equal treatment um you know it's another thing that that union unionized workplaces do is really leveling the playing field where you don't get the thing of like, oh, we really like Joe. We're going to promote Joe and we're going to give Joe the raise. And now Joe's mm-hmm. promoted again and where everybody else is like, oh, thanks. I'm sitting here doing my job. But, yeah. you know, it, it makes it so that when there is a job available, people have to be treated equally. And it's just if everybody is equal in qualifications, well, who's been there the longest? You get it. You get the opportunity. Um, so it it helps with that kind of thing, too, with the fairness. Um, so there's also a, uh, like a saying when it comes to unions of divided, we beg, united, we bargain. And it's, it's that, that's the mentality too. Mm -hmm. If you are one standalone person, it makes it really hard to make a change in your workplace. But as a group, you can do quite a bit of stuff. So organized labor as a whole is what's led to weekends, the end of child labor, the eight-hour workday, safety standards, 40-hour work week, workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, and minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Just a few. And the thing, too, is that even though there is whatever percentage of workplaces are unionized wherever you live, that stuff bleeds out into other um, 
other workplaces and just into the general consciousness to benefit all workers like those things that I just listed people are just like yeah that's just a thing an eight-hour work day like you wouldn't go to a work day and they'd be like oh yeah we work 17 hours here and you'd be like sweet sign me up you'd be like uh, no that's crazy um, it's just that action of banding together and and organizing into um, into labor groups that fought for those kind of things that's just now part of society that led to rules mm-hmm. and laws and things like that whether you work in a unionized place or not now that it benefits everybody so happy labor day yay <laughs> got anything else about that um every once in a while i see online somebody saying something along the lines of like spongebob and squidward need to unionize against mr krabs because <laughs> like it'll be you know Fair. them you know SpongeBob sees a nickel and goes, that's more than I get paid in a whole year, <laughs> kind of thing. And then you find out that, like, the reason that that's more than he gets paid in a whole year is because Mr. Pabst doesn't actually pay them. He gives them bills for, like, breathing and talking and being around <laughs> him, kind of thing. And so there's will be, like, jokes every once in a while about, like, oh, they should unionize. But, like, I watched a video a little while ago about how, like, it was obviously intended to, like, poke fun at, like capitalism and stuff mm. with like Mr. Krabs like writing another one and a zero in front of the prices of things to like mm. make people pay more and him being like so egregiously into like hoarding money and not paying his employees and stuff like it's supposed to like be funny and like really really satirical and over the top and hyperbolic so that kids get it mm-hmm. they like yeah. understand that like you know that that's what's up but we've gotten to a point where it's like kind of accurate where like people are like, oh god, I'm Squidward and I just hate working for Mr. Krabs all day, kind of thing, you know? Like, it's funny that they've gotten to that point, and so the guy was basically just like, because we have gone from it being a hyperbolic, like, extreme version of what actually happens in the real world, and now it's like, just kind of a mildly hyperbolic version of things that happen in the real world, it's kind of like... Spongebob has done its job of radicalizing an entire generation of children into being socialist union workers. (laughs) And I was like, that's actually a really funny way to look at that. Because I know a lot of people are like, I won't work like Spongebob does so hard for no recognition kind of thing. Like, I know adults that are like my age and they're like, Spongebob gets work to the bone and I'm not about that life kind of thing. Well, yeah, that's for sure. I I think that's more common now of like people looking at things and being like, uh, no thanks. I'm not, I'm Mm -hmm. not willing to do that. That's not a trade-off I'm willing to make. There's this hilarious woman that I follow on Instagram who does these like skit videos about like being in the workplace and like where she'll get there and like clock in at nine and clock out at five and be like bye everybody bye bye it's five bye everybody everyone else can clock out now bye everybody and it's just like (laughs) it's just like we're calling everyone in on the weekend it's an emergency that's really interesting am i getting overtime pay well no because it's an emergency well then i have plans goodbye and just like (laughs) and it's just like we heard you told everyone in the office about um quiet quitting uh, do you know what that means? Yeah, it's when you come in, you do exactly what your job description says, and then you leave and you don't do anything more than that because you're not getting paid for it. You can't tell people that. It makes for a bad work environment. I think it makes for a great work environment. I think people expecting to do things outside of their job description is toxic, and that makes a bad work environment. But maybe that's just me. Maybe it's me. And it's just like, she cracks me up so much. It's so funny. <laughs> I know, the whole quiet quitting thing, I'm just... I quite quit like 15 years ago. Because I know like, you literally do exactly what is in your job I description do. and like you, you're good. Like then, it doesn't matter. You know, 
I don't feel any like guilt about it or anything like that. But good. it's like I go in, I do my job, I do do a good job. Yeah, exactly. I, That's I put what she in says. A solid day. She literally um, has that in one of her videos where she's like, um, I don't understand. I come in on time, I do my job, I do a good job, and then I go. I do exactly what I'm supposed to, and then I leave. What, what's the problem? <laughs> and the whole like pressure of like, oh, well, you should stay late. And it's like, are you paying me? This is my I'm going like, to need minimum time and a half, my good sir. If I'm going to volunteer, it's not going to be here. It's going to be at, like, a food bank or something. Like, seriously, like, I'm... Because, like, I worked somewhere over the summer as a teenager. And when my shift ended and I didn't have, like, a closing shift, which meant, like, it could go until whenever we were cleaned up and the last customer decided they were done eating ice cream at 11.30 p.m., mm-hmm. um... If you're if you were scheduled until nine or ten and it wasn't your closing shift thing, and they were like, we have a rush because it's ten p.m. and for some reason everyone needs to eat ice cream, then <laughs> they would pay a time and a half mm-hmm. wage, and like that's reasonable. And yes. I would stay sometimes because like I'm willing to get time and a half pay for two extra hours of scoop and ice cream, it's whatever you mm-hmm. know. But like if you're not willing to pay me extra. Guess who's going home on time, my friend? No, and this guy. Like you know, you know, he that is your time. Your mm-hmm. time is valuable, and you shouldn't. And just... if you're not being paid properly for it, it's time theft. <laughs> just remember that, everybody. Yeah. Don't let your workplace steal from you any more than you would not steal from your workplace. If you aren't exactly. going to pretend you clocked in an hour earlier and clocked out two hours later to get that extra three hours that you didn't actually work, then don't let them take those three hours from you without paying you. That's. Well, you know, the thing, too, is that, like, people tend to look at it as a one-sided thing of being like, oh, it's the, you know, workers' rights, and they're making the workplace so, like, military, and, you know what I mean? Like, just very, like, that's because there used to be loyalty between employers and employees, and it doesn't exist anymore. For sure. It doesn't, it's not a thing. Employees, employers, I should say, don't care about their employees enough, and in a general sense, to have that be a worthwhile thing for them it's yeah. not worth it where you worked at the same place for 40 years and whatever and, and yeah you, and you, your he boss has pictures of a... your kids on his desk kind of thing and he comes to their birthday parties and he genuinely gives a crap about your life that's not really a thing that happens often anymore and you retired with a pension that yeah gave you he a bought good... you a watch out of his own money because he just <laughs> likes you and thinks you're a good guy kind of thing like bosses like that exist they're wonderful and they're excellent and they're great to work for but they're so few and far between yeah. at this point. Having that kind of, like, quote-unquote, loyal employer is very difficult, and it's even more so difficult because employers will not be that way and still demand the loyal employee out of you. Well, I think, too, it's like, you know, when you have those, you know, you, you get paid fairly and you, you're expected to be there from 9 till 5 and not put in this extra time, and you, you know, like, having that... that an, an employee that's they come they do their job they do it well then they go and they're happy to be there and whatever that's beneficial for the workplace for the the owners too because you're not going to get high turnover mm-hmm. and you're not going to have miserable people working there or you know all that kind of thing like it, it is beneficial to treat your employees mm-hmm. well even though it it's not always seen that way it's you know if i can one person to do three people's jobs mm-hmm. well that's better for me but it's yeah. not if you kill that person and now mm-hmm. you don't have that employee anymore or they walk out because they're like sorry I'm done yeah. I'm not doing this anymore I literally saw a post the other day where someone was like my manager tried to like bring me into the office and be like congratulations we want to make you a key holder and I was like great that comes with a raise mm-hmm. kind of thing and then the manager's like oh no we just like want you to you know 
come in early and unlock the doors. We're not actually going to, like, give you the position or the title or the raise or anything. And they were like, um, no, I don't actually Hard pass, that thank you. And they were like, oh, well, um, in that case, we're just going to switch all of your shifts next week from 20 hours to four, and you can just go now, bye. And so she's like, uh, legally, what are my options here? Because that's a wiener move. That is a wiener move, and yeah. That is a wiener move. I love the way you said that. <laughs> that is... That's awful. I've heard that a ton of times, of people being Mm -hmm. like, you know, they don't want to take on extra responsibilities for no pay, and their work's response is to quiet quit them, basically. You have no responsibilities now, don't go. I was, yeah. (laughs) Where they just, like, reduce your hours, or They just reduce your hours, or don't call you in at all when you're on call, or, Or make it so miserable that you want to quit. Yeah, or they make your work environment so abysmal and toxic that you're just like, never mind, I'm outie. Yeah. No, it's, um... Which is, like, if you see that happening to another employee, maybe just, uh, take inventory of that and start handing out resumes elsewhere, because that might be you one day. <laughs> well, that's true. Or or you see if you can band together. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's the power in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if yep, one employee absolutely. quits, they're like, well, whatever. But if 20 employees quit, that's a big problem, mm-hmm. you know? Like the Superstore episode. Yeah, right? That worked out. And, yeah, they're firing Glenn. We're all walking out. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Good episode. Yeah. Um, And also another thing, too, is that, um, you know, if you do have something like that, like, you know, it's in the news lately of, like, Amazon warehouses unionizing and stuff like that. Hashtag Jeff Bezos has enough. He has enough. And, (laughs) but it doesn't look good on the employer either if you've suddenly got, uh, you know, if they're if they've come to a point where they need to unionize because they're not being treated well, Mm -hmm. that doesn't look good on the employer. Or if it's Mm -hmm. a thing where 20 people are walking out, that doesn't look good on the employer. And for a lot of businesses, their, um, you know, the public's perception of them is very important. It's Mm -hmm. important to their bottom line and it's important to... Yeah, I mean, look how many people just refused to straight up buy Kellogg's when those workers were striking. They were like, I will not be buying Rice Krispies for my children anymore. Thank you. Mm -hmm store branded puffed rice cereal for us thanks like you know they were not interested in supporting that and like i don't blame them there were a lot of people that were like yeah no i'm not buying pop tarts anymore nature valley bars can screw it and i don't think it's the nature valley ones i think it's the other ones just thinking (laughs) i just (laughs) just just your thoughts on nature valley bars (laughs) i i I said Nature Valley, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think that's owned by Kellogg's. I think that I'm mentally thinking about the other one, but I can't remember the name of them. Oh. Carry on. <laughs> I'm just in my own brain. Um, okay, what else? I should get assessed for ADHD. Is, <laughs> is that um, post pandemic, too? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, I shouldn't say post because I'm still in it. Um, but. Peri pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, like, during the pandemic, Lots of people lost their jobs or quit mm-hmm. their yep. jobs, and a lot of people retired early. Like, if they were going to retire at 60 and they're 58, they're mm-hmm. like, whatever, I might as well go now. Because yep, fair. These last two years are going to be horrid. They're going to suck it. Um, and now a lot of countries are faced with not being able to find workers. I mean, um, also because a lot just... of the employable people also died. That also... Well, also, <laughs> also is a problem. A lot of them died, like especially in the states. Like, remember when it was like three thousand people a day? Like that is a lot of people dying. Where are you going to find those employees? Mm-hmm. And so. there's even just the people that like haven't died but are disabled and or immunocompromised, and therefore because of everyone else deciding that it's fine to not wear masks everywhere and not isolate on a regular basis, they 
can't work in supermarkets anymore. They yep. can't work at, you know, the car dealership. They can't work in places where they're going to be interacting with people mm-hmm. where they may have had regular employment before then and now they can't. I know a few immunocompromised people where they're like, I can't do that anymore. And one of them has a brother with Down syndrome and like his care home won't allow anyone to be employed there because they do have immunocompromised people living there. So you can't let the people living there who aren't immunocompromised go out and interact with people who aren't masking and isolating and protecting themselves because they might bring it back to people who are more in danger than them. Mm -hmm. And so what that's led to is a shortage of Work available oh, yeah. workers. Oh yeah, and I mean, this is where you see. And even you know, like, so, like people who are still continuing to work, they're now like, I know I can work from home, and I refuse to work in person. I refuse to work in a building. I refuse to, you know, put on a suit every day, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm putting on pants. I'm sitting in front of a Zoom <laughs> meeting. You cannot make me other do otherwise, and I will quit if you try to tell me to. Well, and it's it's put um, like workers in the position of having much more say. Oh yeah, which is great. They, which is great. Yeah, and, you know, on, to, on top of that too, like inflation is crazy right now. Oh, like yeah. we're in Canada and I think currently inflation's at 8.1%. Inflation's stupid right now. So, you know, this is a thing too, of like if you're working for an employer and they're offering you, hey, we're going to give you all the 5% rates. Okay, well normally that would be great, but when inflation's it's at eight percent, what you're really 3% saying is, maintenance. would you mind taking a three percent cut? Because you know you still got to buy groceries, you still got to put fuel mm-hmm. in your car, you still got to pay yep. your heat bill, all those things that have gone up in price. Um, so that's putting um, workers in a good position right now too to say like, you know what? No, I need to get paid what I'm worth. Wages have not kept up with the cost of living. Um, and I can pick and choose because there's a shortage of employees and it's 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 really it's an employee's market right now it is and employers are really going to have to take a look at how they are and i know mm-hmm. some are some oh, are yeah. like drastically some changing are. the way they operate and some are just like this is the way we've always done mm-hmm. it and this is the way we're always gonna do it yep. and if you don't want to work here and people are like okay fine, i don't want to work here then yeah there was a video i saw a little while ago where they were like our business was at risk of everyone you know quitting and finding new employment and the employers you know took recognition of that and like heard our you know complaints and stuff and now we you know have a 12 percent raise and Mm -hmm. we have you know a fully stocked break room we don't have to go out and buy lunch there's ramen and cereal and you know Mm -hmm. rice and pasta and like they just have like a stocked pantry kind of thing so that you know everyone pays five bucks a month and they just keep the pantry going kind of deal and they're just like we just wanted it to like be better for like what we were doing and they like you know got daycare allowances and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. she was like almost everyone's staying I think only three people quit like it's great when they you know when they listen and she's like I think the other three people quit because like they already got jobs somewhere else yeah. like one one guy had to move to a new state kind of thing so he wasn't gonna you know whatever but it's like you know if you listen and you do the right thing and you get involved with what your employees want then like you're gonna be a good employer you're you know you're yeah. taking notice of it and you're trying well and then too you're like when you've got employees who are happy to be there Mm -hmm. because they're being treated well they're engaged they're more productive it's just like it's such a win-win and i I wish it wasn't so like combative you Mm -hmm. know like it doesn't have to be like one side against the other it can be like what are all the things we can do to make this Mm -hmm. the best place to work so that people want to come and work here and the people that are here want to stay um i'm trying to think of the name of that michael moore documentary 
and it is about workplaces around the world. Mm. Oh, it's a really good one. And I'm trying to think, too, of it was either France or Italy, I'm pretty sure. But they were talking about, you know, comparing the sort of the, the rules around employment there versus the United States. Mm-hmm. And these employers just kept, kept saying, but it's their right and it's yeah. a privilege to give it to them. Mm-hmm. And it was Which just is why such I think a, it's weird that like America doesn't have maternity leave. Y'all weird. That is just y'all barbaric. strange. What's okay. happening there? <laughs> it is awful. I can't even imagine being like, okay, my baby's two weeks old, and now I have to put it in daycare. Like that's just, I can't even imagine. No doctor would medically clear me yet because I'm not even six weeks postpartum. But I best get back to save on. Like <laughs> it's it's absurd. And then it's like the only like developed country with no medical leave. It's just horrifying. Very strange. In Canada, by the way, we get a year, and you can take 18 months if you choose to. Like, a year paid, and then you can take 18 months, the last six months unpaid if you want to. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you look at different countries around the world and things like that, um, and it is... It, it's quite different, like the some European cultures where it's like, no, we go, we work, we leave, and you don't work on the weekends, and you don't, you know, it's, it is ingrained in their culture as much mm-hmm. as the way we do it here is ingrained in our culture, but it doesn't mean that... Like how in some cultures you, that. like, have a, like, break in between your two shifts in the middle of the day so that you can, like, specifically, like, have a meal and a nap kind of thing. Like, yeah. it's just part of the, like, thing, which sounds amazing, by the way, being like 35 and being like it's time for nap time everybody let's go home sounds great very into that that sounds spectacular i like sign up have a break specifically called coffee break in which your employer pays you to go drink caffeinated beverages because you'll work harder and faster afterwards (laughs) um so yeah i guess anyways i think that's all i had to say about it and uh happy labor day and you know fight the power Stick it to the man! Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, you got anything else? Uh, no. SpongeBob radicalized a generation. That's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.